Welcome to this conversation between Stephen Gribben, the CEO and founder of CoachPro, and me, Warren Hammond. Here's a quick snippet of what to expect. Affirmations don't distinguish themselves between positive and negative. They just work on what you give them. Gestalt also doesn't distinguish between positive or negative, good or bad. It will only work in what you feed it with. So if you are sending negative affirmations, the process is the same. It will work on that negative affirmation and make it true. With Gestalt, if you're feeding your subconscious mind with negative things, it will also send people, places, opportunities, situations and conversations to make those negative things true. Welcome back, podcasts, to this episode where we're discussing affirmations. As usual, Stephen surprised me, first of all, by suggesting that we talk about affirmations, and then secondly, by explaining to me why it's so powerful. Initially, I must admit, I thought this was going to be about chanting and incense and long flowing robes, but quickly, he disabused me of that notion. But quickly we established it is much more practical and scientific than that. Stephen explains a simple six-step process to how you can form these powerful statements of truth. Affirmations tend to get linked to manifestation. And Stephen discusses this, talking about sensory acuity and gestalts. It's good. It's practical. It's strong. It's something for everyone. So let us know what you think. Any questions, any thoughts, as always, get in contact. Podcast at coachpro.online. I'll be back at the end with a quick summary. In the meantime, enjoy this one. Here comes the cheesy music. So, here we are again. Still in lockdown, still on Zoom. So, Edinburgh. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Good news. So today we are discussing affirmations. Now, I know what you're thinking. There he is, Warren. Long hair, beads, incense going, long flowing robes. That's just my normal outfit. But we're not going all, I don't know, I don't know if it's sci-fi or or crazy sort of law of attraction, putting it out into the universe and getting it back, isn't it? I think Stephen's going to hopefully explain to us that it isn't witchcraft. There's actually some real science involved. Am I right? Is affirmations more than wishing to the universe to get something and she gives it back to you? Well, for, for a lot of people, that is what it is, and that's what they believe, in, and there's an awful lot in that. However, the approach to affirmations that we're going to go through on this uh, in some ways a lot more practical, effective, more about your self-development rather than a cry for self-help. Um, and actually, it's going to be about the the power of affirmations, how that taps into things like the law of attraction and for, you know, signs such as gestalt and how you manifest things. But in a in a real practical, authentic way of that brings you personal growth, you know, allows you to take ownership and gives you confidence that there are things that you can do, that there is an energy and and how you can channel that to make things better. Okay. So we're not going to be doing a chant at the end of this then. This is this is we're going to delve into the science and the purpose and well let's see how it goes. So I can put the bongo drums away. We're not going to be chanting through this. Okay. I mean even the word affirmation, it, it feels as kind of almost um, some almost sort of religious or oldie worldy context to it. It's not the word affirmation that you hear very, you know, it's legal, old school, it's sort of religious. How, what's a good definition of what the word affirmation is or, or in, in this example? How would you describe affirmations? Well, the, the technical definition is that an affirmation is a statement which I found something to be true, you know, and, and I know you've highlighted your um, pleasure in Star Trek. Well, you know, it's when you get affirmative captain, and um, then it is someone affirming something to be true. 
and therefore, you know, technically affirmations, that's what the definition is. And it's really how do you use affirmations? And I mean, we've probably all heard the term affirmations. I was certainly introduced to, you know, a long, long time ago and responded with a degree of scepticism, uh, which I believe is healthy rather than cynicism. And, you know, people will swear by affirmations and the power and what the difference that it's made and the things that they've manifested or realised or achieved. And there's a whole load of benefits to this. Um, But this is about understanding the power of affirmations, the practicality of how to then create your affirmations and understanding the impact and the process that then occurs because you've got good affirmations. But Technically, it's a statement which affirms something to be true. And so the practice of affirmation, is this then about making statements that you want to be true or is it understanding that which is true? Well, this is where we go into having conscious affirmations rather than subconscious affirmations because affirmations can be, you know, future-based, present-based, past-based. They can also be positive, but they can also be negative, particularly if you're unconscious of the affirmations that you're running. So whether you are consciously creating a statement which affirms something to be true, or whether subconsciously through your self-talk, you're continually affirming something else to be true. So for instance, a positive affirmation would be, I know I'm really good at something. But a negative affirmation could be someone just saying, I'm I'm just not good at that. Yes. This conscious, we talked about this quite a bit recently about in change and in habits, especially, and in the optimal appraisal processes, is that looking at yourself and being conscious of what's, you know, your place, what's happening, how you can respond, your ownership of acting and and reacting. This feels then actually this is part of that story is that self-talk is coming up with strong statements about what you know to be true about yourself and, and what you want to be true. Yeah, and, and affirmations similar to when we've covered influence before. So similar similar to influence where you might think that you're choosing to either influence or choosing not to influence, the influence occurs. And this consciousness of affirmations is that knowing that you're continually affirming one way or the other, consciously or unconsciously, by literally saying, I have, I can, or I, you know, I am, or subconsciously saying, I don't, and I can't, and I won't. Those affirmations still have the same power, but this is about taking ownership of your affirmations. So being aware of them, managing them, and then applying them towards the outcomes that you want to achieve. I love that. That sounds so powerful. I was recently reading something about self-talk, and there was a study about how much we talk to ourselves, almost like every minute or every hour. There's almost enough, you know, there's sort of like two days' worth of talking to yourself that you do in an hour. And again, this comes back to something you talk about in terms of self-development is – being conscious and aware of how much self-talk is going on and then deciding that actually maybe you want to have some input and ownership of that rather than letting it happen to you. This is actually what that affirmation is then, isn't it? It's it's, it's controlling some of that self-talk, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is a, it's a self-development approach to affirmations. Yes. And self-development requiring you to, or giving the opportunity to take more ownership to commit to the personal growth that can come from that so that you enhance your self-confidence. And the result of that is that the success you achieve will be success because you're being you. So it's more authentic, more sincere. It brings more happiness. Whereas affirmations is also prevalent in self-help and self-improvement, which require less ownership and will deliver less personal growth and less self-confidence. Because that is the, you know, putting it out there into the universe, you know, and waiting for it to come back. Now that, you know, that can happen. But if you haven't went through the personal growth, will you be ready for what you're 
trying to manifest? Or are you just waiting? And will you recognize it? And so the, the self-development approach to affirmations and manifestation and all these things, and all of these things for some people appear quite woolly. And I've had these conversations with years, for years with people in very, very senior places or very wise people or very skeptical and sometimes cynical people. Um, but when they can look at this from a self-development perspective, a practical ap application of affirmation, it has been life-changing, career-changing, business-changing, relationship-changing. It's been changing to any aspect in which they apply it to once they're applying it from a self-development perspective because you're taking ownership of it and you're committing to grow as an individual through that to be ready for the success that you're trying to create. So it immediately affirmations when they're positive will really help you instill a sense of belief, optimism, resilience, a clearer sense of your identity, and importantly, your self-confidence. But if you're not taking control of those affirmations, your subconscious affirmations can be undermining your belief, your optimism, your resilience. It can be making you question who you are and what you're about and undermine that self-confidence. Yeah, I think that's, like when you, you said it was about a statement affirming something to be true, I mean, the word which sort of almost gets ignored in that, in a way, is the statement, you know, because it's about the true and it's the aff and the affirming. But how you've just said it there is, if you're not making a strong, authentic statement, you've kind of got this undercurrent of gossip and whispering around you. You know, your subconscious is kind of whispering what you are and you're not so good and you shouldn't be here and why is that? But actually, if you sort of say, it's actually no. This is this is what I know to be true about me, or this is what I wish to be more true about me, or this. Then that statement's quite a sh good, strong word, isn't it? It's talk talking over that sort of hubbub, you know, that, that hubbub of gossip which is going on behind you. Is actually you're taking ownership of the, a bit of that self talk, which I know this isn't all that this is about, but that's part of it, isn't it? It's it's no no own some of the self talk about who you are and what you are. But then there's more than that as well, isn't it? It's This does start to shape and, and impact your future self, something we talked about in habits as well. I can see that this has got a really strong link to that. Well, it, well, it puts a stake in the ground for you, um, both with your unconscious or subconscious self-talk that might be more emotional and might sort of good days you feel, you know, you'll be positive, not so good days you'll feel negative but also for all the external factors, which we have more of nowadays than ever, which, you know, if it affects your sense of identity, it's affecting your mental health and, and, and your well-being and everything else. But if you think of all the social media, traditional media, uh, and all the, you know, all in addition to all the self-talk that's going on in your own head about questioning who are you, are you good enough? Um, and, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, particularly social media, because the, the volume of that is just so significant in all our lives nowadays, that getting you to wonder and question and doubt or to believe in someone else's solutions for you, that it's about who they are rather than who you could be. Yeah. That if you don't have that stake in the ground, if you don't have that solid foundation, you will get blown away in the wind. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that social media is that sort of said the whistling wind of uh, gossip and hearsay and insinuation. And, and you're right. You know, you've got so many people who who want you to be desperately looking for an answer so they can sell you something. And and that is going to chip away at your a stronger sense of identity for yourself. OK. And And one of the key things is that you know, a lot of our futures are determined by the quality of the decisions that we make and being able to make those decisions from a solid foundation of knowing who you are on the positive, on the positive affirmation of who you are, you'll make better decisions than someone who's either taking the decision that someone else is telling them to take or taking the decision from a negative or unstable position because the decisions and choices you make from that position would be very different. Yeah. And this, again, this reminds us of the confidence chat is 
confident people make better decisions you know and so this is this this feeds into that as well then so if you've got this practice doing well you'll be a stronger sense of identity you'll feel stronger in yourself you'll make better decisions which help you move to that future self that you've that you've got out there projected as well is that how that works yeah better quicker and clearer decisions if you know who you are then the decision becomes very clear very quickly. Yeah. If you're not sure who you are, then there's a whole range of things you need to consider. So I'm seeing then two things, and maybe so the strongest sense of identity, you know, just quieting that maybe some of these more destructive voices or, or or not helpful voices. I can see that 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 make that's really that makes good sense. It's being saying no, this is what I am. This is what I stand for. This is what I believe in. It gives you confidence, a clearer sense of direction, easier decision making. But then it also how it also fits into helping you get to your future self more quickly, that future state that you want. Is that right? So how how is that going to work? Is does, does affirmations not only then help ground you today, it also helps you find your tomorrow self. Is that right? Well, we're going to look at this as we do. on all, We always look at things on those three levels, that operational management strategic level. And at that op- the operational level, first of all, we're going to look at understanding what affirmations are and how to create affirmations that work for you. Then we'll look at the management level as saying, okay, well, how do we apply that? to manage our current state to get us into that best possible place of where we are now. But we're then going to look at the strategic element, that future element, which is how can we use affirmations to create, manifest, imagine, you know, realise that fullest potential that we have. And therefore, on those three levels, you've got three levels of ways of looking at this. Yeah, so that's the thing. So that's so the... This is worth doing so it makes me better today and better tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> Your pause there. Is it? Is there no hope for me? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No. <laughs> for most people. Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. And it's one of the riskier topics to introduce in my line of work, working with global CEOs, senior people, and also friends, family, um, colleagues, it's one of the riskier things to introduce to the conversation because of assumption of it or lack of information on it or it's just seen as that self-help thing. But I know of, I don't know of anything else that I have worked with uh, with people all over the world, clients and colleagues and friends, that's been as transformative for them as an individual than affirmations. Okay, well, I'm sold. So let's go into it then so how do i start this process or this practice of affirmations what do i need to know first well if we if we look at the definition which is a statement which affirms something to be true what we then want to do is construct an affirmation statement and there's the six p's on this so they all start with p there's six of them and the first one is it's personal so it has to begin with i This fits in very well with self-development because this is you taking ownership in the very first aspect of this, which is I. The second P is it's got to be present. It's a now thing. I know or I have or I do, but it's present. It's not one day I will or I might or I'm aiming. It's saying now. So it connects with the present. Okay. The psychology of the importance behind that it's the present then, it means it connects with you now. It's saying you have it. So psychologically inside, you go looking for it because it's there. When you say I will or I might or one day, what you are affirming to yourself is that you don't have that or you're not that or you don't do that. Right. So then it sits out with you. So you go looking for that character trait with inside you. You connect with it somewhere inside you. You see this in these again, in these sort of transformation programs where it is, no, you, you are this already and it's, it's, and it's, some, it's hidden somewhere. This helps drag it out. Yes. And this is one of the differences, again, between self-development and self-improvement. Self-improvement looks for the gaps. It looks for what you don't have. It looks for what you want to improve. Self-development starts off by saying, what, do, what are your strengths? It connects with who you are, first of all, 
to allow you then to deal with those other areas in a way that's less challenging because you're coming at a place from confidence. So you're affirming it's now. So you're affirming it's it's you, so it's, it's personal. You're affirming that it's a now thing that's in the present. The third P is positive. And this is what we sort of touched on is being consciously aware that it's positive, not negative and not neutral. It's not saying I'm okay at something or I'm all right at something. It's positive, clearly positive. If I was to say to you that you're probably not going to exceed how positive you're going to make this, don't sell yourself short. Okay. Clearly positive, not just a bit better, positive. So if I said I'm okay at something, that may actually be a really positive statement for me because I regarded myself as awful about it in the past. So even though saying I'm average at something is actually a lot better than me saying is, you know, I'm an awful driver. Actually, no, I'm going to say I'm okay. You're saying, no, that's not even good enough. It can't be neutral in the statement. It needs to be positive. Yes. Look, negative would be, I want to stop doing something. You know, I want to be less of this. I want to be not so quick to temper. I want, I want that. That's the negative. The neutral is I want to still be okay. You know, I'm okay at this. I'm I'm fine with it. It's, you know, I'm happy enough. It's making sure you're pushing them over that line clearly into the positive. Okay. Because that gives more room, I, I'm assuming, for growth as well. Because the moment you're not something, you stop. Whereas positive, it can keep getting bigger and bigger and better and better. Yeah. And, and, and also, in my experience of this, um, at some point, your emotion and your confidence is going to waver. And if you've already got that wiggle room of being really positive, even if that comes down a couple of notches because you doubt or you wonder, then you're still in the positive. But if you've went neutral and then you get that little bit of doubt, you're into the negative. And that's a slope that's really quick to slip down. So the recommendation, personal, present, positive. The fourth P is passionate. Something that matters to you. Something that has meaning to you, something you really care about. This is not about picking up affirmations that someone else thinks you should be better at that doesn't necessarily hold any value for you, but you know, externally people would like to see it. This needs to be something that matters to you, something you're passionate about. Okay. That's I get what you mean then. So this comes back to what you said before about self-improvement or self-help is lots of times you're told you should have, you know, here's an example of an affirmation you should have. What you're saying is this is much more, you know, authentic, genuine, you know, dig into your own self and find out what really, yeah, matters to you. Okay. You can also have that kind of developed logic. You know, I should be passionate about money. I should be passionate about possessions. I should be passionate about the car I drive, the house I live in, my reputation. There's things that, and for some periods and stages in your life, you will be passionate about these things, but sometimes you become less passionate about them. Sometimes you get more passionate about them again. But it's being honest with yourself, what what matters to me? Because if there's no passion, there's no connection. If there's no connection, that light bulb doesn't light up. It's there's no connection. Yeah. And that comes back to that now then, what you just said, is that this is about something you're passionate about now. Yeah. yeah. Something which means something to you today. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So personal, present, positive, passionate, persistent. Okay. This is about your determination. This is about commitment. This is about real drive to it. So it's not just something you're, that is something that you are passionate about, but you're committed to it. Okay. That persistence taps into action, real active connection. It's a journey. So this isn't an easy thing then. As you're going through these P's, and we've still got two more left at the bottom of this. I mean, this isn't something, therefore, you can do on the fly. I mean, these are all, you know, like commitment, you know, the, the persistent, the passionate. I mean, these are, this isn't something to be done lightly. This is, this is you know, big stuff. Well, if, if you want to do it lightly, you know, come up with an idea and send it out to the universe and, and sit back down and wait to see what happens. Yeah. And you may get lucky. 
<laughs> and if you do get lucky, then write a book gonna, about it. How are you going to feel about <laughs> that when you're yeah. not ready to enjoy the success because you haven't grown? This does, if you're serious about this transformative approach, then there is the bit you need to do the work. Yes. Okay. But that's the personal growth. That's the taking ownership of it. And although we're going through these six Ps and there is one more to go, it becomes a way of thinking. And it's to help form and shape, because actually affirmations are not that difficult to do, but there is a quality of thought that goes into them depending on how powerful you want to make these affirmations. I get that. I think that's, uh, yeah, it's serious. That's, I think, is the better word that I was looking for. Okay, we've got five, not six. So we've got personal, I, present, now, positive, passionate, and persistent. Okay, it sounds, it's already hard enough. What are the last two? (laughs) Just one more, powerful. Is it six Ps? Oh, sorry, I thought it was seven. So sorry. Six piece, but it's just got easier. The last one is powerful. It's going to make a difference. It's going to add value. It's going to have impact. It's going to matter. It's going to do something. And this is to you, to the world, to your life. How do you measure impact on this? It's the power. It's how powerful it is and what matters to you. Okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. So it goes back to that. So it's something that is important to you, something that you're passionate about, and what you want is it to be different. The difference that it makes. Okay. But it's not just something to tick a box. There's great power in it. It has impact. It will make a difference. And whether that's making a difference to you, to the people around about, to your business, to your future, to your career, to your community, to the environment, whatever it is for you, but it is powerful. It does make a difference. Yeah. Okay, personal, present, positive, passionate, persistent, and powerful. So what would be a good example of this? Because when we, when you started talking about the affirmations, I, I, I was thinking about some of the journaling that, that I do. And, you know, journaling is different from, from just keeping a diary, you know, of, of, of what's happened. I mean, a lot of them now, you know, you've got these good templates and these good books where you, you say things that you that you you are and that you want and things that you want to happen that day but none of them seems to have such a strong framework as this so i mean what would be a good example of of an affirmation or which covers all of these different things so you know i've got the i now am or or have or do but yeah I, i'm powerful the passion and the persistent that's that's kind of is there some context or some examples you can give so I can start to see how that could work for me? I recommend to people that you don't share your affirmations okay. with anybody else un- <laughs> unless it's someone who can benefit from that. But, you know, to what I'm willing to do is share. Um, and <laughs> I was going to say, because I've got a brilliant one, but I'm now not going to share it. It was really good. It was the best. It was the best ever. It was definitely the best affirmation ever seen. But I'm going to keep it to myself now. But And, and the reason I'd, I'd recommend that people kind of hold these close and and are very considerate before sharing, as opposed to just going and telling people, is that this is a very personal thing. Yeah. It should be a very personal thing. And what's best to be able to do is to experience the benefits of it and then go and share the benefits of it, as opposed to necessarily exposing what your personal affirmations are. But for the purpose of this, I'm willing to share. And so as an example of the first affirmation that I write down, is that I am a loving, caring and compassionate father, husband and son. Yeah, it sounds so simple, but I'm just sort of going through the tick boxes, as you said it, you can see all of those things are covered. You know, it's... But but I I accept some people may hear that and they may think, that's not that powerful or where does the persistence come in or is that something... So everyone is entitled to their view on it, which is why I recommend to people, don't go telling other people your affirmations. It's the meaning that it has for you. It's how powerful that is for you. And it's how much you're willing to be persistent with that. So some of those things are internal that you then put onto the words on the page. 
get you. I think that's really good. I think that makes strong sense to me that this isn't necessarily something you share. It's 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 something you 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 share the results of the impact of that. It's kind of like those people who are telling you they're on a you know they're on a diet or they're on a health kick or they're doing something great when really the success in this is actually you being more of what you want to be and closer to what you want to be. And so inspire people to go and write their affirmations. You know, and um, I've also had people who said, well, could you show me yours and maybe they'll work for me. <laughs> um, and if they inspire them to write their own, then they've worked, but, but not just as a copy and paste. Yeah. And this comes back to your how you explain like the difference between self-help and self-improvement, self-development. So if it inspires me to go away and be authentic and come up with my own list, fantastic. But if I go brilliant, I'll take that. I'll take that then, then that sort of self-help because I'm just copying someone else's and, but not really owning it, not really thinking it through. And as you said, I mean, I think the fact that you, your, your statement in a way comes across as so simple is because it has been, you know, you chipped away and taken the time for it to be a simple, powerful statement, which is what, yeah, you think of mantras and in this case, an affirmation. It, do, it shouldn't be too wordy, is it? It should just be a simple statement of, of truth. Yeah, but look, I've, I've been doing affirmations for quite some time. And I think my first affirmation involved a fitted kitchen. <laughs> and and that worked and I did get the fitted kitchen um, because this stuff does actually just work but it's the practicality of it if you've got these six sort of boxes you need to tick when you're considering what your affirmations are going to be start off with the ones that come first I, I have a, a method that I, I share with clients when I go through this with them I, I write seven affirmations a day. Um, I can remember long, long time ago when I was first introduced to affirmations and I was also looking at goal setting um, and there was a guy called Zig Ziglar who uh, I was totally inspired by this guy. He was a, a lay preacher from, from the South in America and he had a great accent and it was just fantastic. And he just made things really, really exciting and, you know, they just kept saying, you've got to have goals and all that. And, and all the kind of advice you got at that point, which is all self-help and self-improvement, was, you know, write it down. And there was the fabled Harvard um, example, which as time goes on, people have questioned whether it actually worked or not. I really don't care whether it actually happened or not. The, the story and the ethos behind it uh, was valuable, was that, you know, out of all the people who wrote down goals, you know, um, they achieved way more than the other people who hadn't written down goals and, and all this kind of stuff. So there's the power in actually writing something down. For me, the power is, in terms of self-development, is the ownership. You writing it down means you then own it. And so what, what I, I used to get taught, if you, write, if you write down goals and if you put them in a box and you went back and looked at them in six months' time, you'll be amazed at what you, how many things on that list you've achieved. So my view on that was always kind of healthily sceptical. And I said, well, I thought, well, what if I write them down every day? Would that accelerate the process? Because I'm not the most patient guy. So well, if this works, then why not really find out if it works or not very quickly? And I did the same with affirmations. So I decided to write down seven affirmations every day so that it became, became more into my consciousness. So even if... Once I'd written them down and I used to write them down first thing in the morning, even if it was on the train or in the car or on a flight or whatever, it got to the point I could visualise that page of me writing it down because I'm more of a visual thinker. And I used to write down the seven. So when I was working with clients, I'd say, right, write down seven. And they say, well, why seven? I thought, well, it's a personal thing for me, but seven's a kind of lucky number, lucky number seven. So for me, it was um, seven. And I forced myself to write seven. It also gave me some room for writing down some things that were probably not that meaningful. Hence, like a fitted kitchen. Fitted kitchen, you know, <laughs> or, you know, a certain amount of money to earn in a year or to particularly save a car or, you know. Yeah, but I think, I think, I think you, and, you, and you've talked about this when we've done like motivation sessions, that the first, you know, four or five 
are pretty standard, but it's the, some of the more interesting ones, some of the more personal ones sort of come out towards the end. So that, that makes... That... Yeah, it's allowing that first stream of consciousness to almost be expressed because maybe you haven't been saying what I really want to be or have or do. So getting that out of the way and then getting the kind of logical stuff to get into the more meaningful stuff. So seven for me is a good number. It also allowed me some wiggle room for some of the less meaningful, more fluff, surface level type things. But after a few days, I would then have to continue writing down some things. And I'd be thinking, that's not great. I'm not passionate about that thing. There's no great meaning on it. But what I, I discipline myself and what I ask people to do is keep writing it down until you come up with something better. You know, don't start the week off with seven and end up with two by the end of the week. Put yourself through that, force yourself to keep writing down something that doesn't really have a great deal of meaning for you to create that dissatisfaction to drive you to then find, well, what does have meaning? What would be better than that rather than just reducing and reducing and reducing? Also, the power of seven is that there's no one thing because what stops people setting either goals or affirmations out is they're looking for the one rather than actually combination the right blend that allowing yourself that scope rather than saying you know it's the one thing and it then becomes crucial and you know it's a go or no go thing life's wonderful life has many levels and many asset aspects to it and you get to experience what you really want to experience no one thing is going to make that difference so that power of seven for me is important but whether for you it's six or it's five or it's four um, whatever works for you is what will work for you. But write them down. Now, I write them down daily. And when I do write them down daily, it's amazing what happens. It really is. A, it's kind of funny and freaky what happens. Sometimes I stop, typically because the things I've been writing down then happen. And then I go and enjoy the things that have happened. And I sort of then get out the discipline of the thing that was the driver of them happening. But like everybody who, if you come off the wagon, just get back on. Yeah, you can go back and do this anytime. And okay. anybody I've worked with, when you do it this way, there is an intensity that I'm starting to believe that you probably couldn't, at this intensity, maintain that 52 weeks a year for the next 20 years. But better to have that high performance intensity on affirmations rather than doing it at such a low level but you're just sending it out to the universe to see what happens. And you just, yeah, that's easy to do. So you can do that every day, several times a day if you want. But with this, it is getting into that personal discipline and writing them down as often as you possibly can, certainly thinking about them all the time, but committing to writing them down. Yeah, that's... I mean, I mean, that's again that statement thing comes in, isn't it? You know, this is a strong, loud, you know, speaking over all of those whispers and gossip and of of everything else around you. you you're writing this down. You're thinking about it. It's conscious. You're, you've got to be there to do this. This isn't a picture on a wall or a post-it note on your mirror. This is something that you actually have to do and and be active in doing. Okay. And what it does is it gives you that healthy sense of identity to then take yourself out into the world yes, with that clear identity rather than being blown about by what happens next. Yeah, this is what I'm really getting from this. And this is why I'd like then to look at what then, because you talk about this sort of the two aspects. To this, I feel you'd be going out into the world with some sort of armour plating of, of I know who I am, I know what I am, and I'm not going to be blown around so easily and quickly by other people's opinions, you know, other media. What what else is going on around me? This is going to help me to be in a stronger place to deal with all of that winds of uncertainty and 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 disagreement and and lack of confidence sometimes. That situational issues that you have sometimes, which does knock you sometimes. If you if you start the day with this going round in your head, that's that sounds that that is going to make you stronger. Okay, and so then, what does that lead to? Well, it's and and just to sort of 
you know, reiterate what you're saying there as an example. Um, I worked with a client who comes to mind who had moved into a, a senior role, was one of the first females to move into a senior role in that industry, not just in that, in that business, who then had a whole lot of people telling her what she now needed to do and what she now needed to become. And then I get introduced to her because of, I'd worked with her before, but then when I was reintroduced to her again, it's because she felt, in her words, that she'd lost herself a little. And she was almost a shadow of the person that had been so exciting and all the way through the, the, the levels to get to this. And one of the first affirmations that she came up with was that she is a confident, assured and capable leader. Nothing too dramatic because she wasn't in that place where she was yeah. high in self-confidence. But it meant when everybody was throwing either criticism or suggestions, which can sometimes be very closely related um, of what she could do better, she was able to take that on board as a confident, assured, effective yes. leader. Yeah, I like that. Now, she still took the feedback on board, but she dealt with that feedback differently because she was a confident, capable, effective leader. Because yeah. she knew then why, how she should take it on board. Yes, that's again that confident, authentic, centered, solid person. That's you know, that's whatever's thrown at you. That's the best starting position to be in, I guess. Well, it gives you a starting point. Otherwise, you're just getting pushed further and further behind the starting line. You know, and if you're able to, you know, get up in the morning and head out into the world or head out into the living room to deal with the world, um, and you are already affirmed to yourself, I'm a confident, capable, loving husband, mother, sister, brother, colleague, friend, then that's who walks in that room. Otherwise, you're walking into that room saying, what am I going to be made to do today? Or who am I going to be made to be? There's, this feels such a big, big leap away already from the, uh, the airy-fairy affirmations, incense stuff we talked about at the beginning. And in my, in what I can see now is you, you sometimes see these videos of, you know, the one I can picture in my head at the moment is a father and son you know, and, the, and the kids just getting ready to go to school. And there's almost a question and answer session between the two. And I don't know if that would work totally because what you sort of said is it should be personal. Or maybe the, 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 the father's giving the questions and the son's answering, but on a level, it's still imagine getting up and leaving that car and going into your school with a stronger sense of identity. And obviously that kid needs to grow up and develop more of his own, but going in there going, I, you know, I've got some armor plating on ready to be thrown at me going into a school environment when you're a, you know, 11 year old, that's got to be pretty, that's got, that's, yeah, that's worthwhile, isn't it? That's a strong one. And does this work in companies as well? I mean, I think about purpose and vision and values, and we've talked about this before. And I get that that personal aspect of it, and I think that is probably makes it even more powerful because you can be so genuine and honest with yourself in a way that you you couldn't be outside. But when we we talk about purpose and vision before, I know that I've had some leaders who consistently and constantly repeat and reiterate, "This is what we're here for," and yeah, that that has a that has a place then in this, does it? Is that right? I mean, it does help. It's not so much an affirmation, but repeating and reminding everyone this is what we stand for and this is what we do when they're talking to customers, when they're dealing with competition, when they're you know interviewing people. It helps. It helps them remember their sense of company identity, if not necessarily personal identity. Companies, when they've got, you know, vision statements, mission statements, all of these things are to reiterate and reinforce their identity. When businesses, teams, companies lose that sense of identity or lose a connection to that identity or are willing to be anything to get something, um, then that's when you lose the power of the channeling of all that and it becomes inconsistent and they get blown about. Um, and most companies who are no longer around at some point lost that identity, lost their way, and um, because they 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 didn't know what they stood for anymore. 
Those, however, are not affirmations. Affirmations are personal. Okay. And so this is where you're taking that individual ownership. So there is great power and identity in teams and companies, and it's really, really important. Um, and a lot of businesses, the ones who do particularly well, are the ones who kind of hold, protect, reinforce that identity. Affirmations is a personal thing. Okay. I, and it's now. Okay. So having that strong sense of identity and these affirmations, I mean, you, you've touched on it before with the, with the fitted kitchen and I'm sure as a compassionate uh, partner, father as, and, and son, I hope as well, that these things then happen. You know, th- these, help, these, these things then, you know, become true. But this isn't the law of attraction because we've already established that this isn't about just throwing stuff out into the universe. You know, it, it's more than that. So how how does that happen then? How does this practice, I get already, it's already strong because it's going to give me a strong sense of identity, it's going to increase my confidence, it's going to make decision-making easier, it's going to make the day better. I'll be, you know, I'll be better at all the things I do around me. But how does it going to move me or how does it help move me to the future self that I that I'm so at an operational level, it's understanding what affirmations are and, and what they consist of. At a management level, it's then writing those affirmations out of who I am, the present, the personal, everything, of to help manage your state where you are. The strategic level is now where we're moving into, is how you, um, that's what it taps into, law of attraction, manifestation, all those big words uh, of literally how do you then make things happen? and things that wouldn't just happen by themselves. And this is where you can get that, goes beyond the logical projection of things. Actually, you can be, this can be transformative. Um, And this is where you are, if we go back to what an affirmation is, it's a statement which affirms something to be true. Now, to really use affirmation strategically to make things happen, not just to manage how things are, then you're looking to create a statement which affirms something to be true as if it were already, but it's not. So it's a future statement which affirms something to be true as if it's now. Okay. So as an example, if I was to put a statement, I am the global CEO of a multi-billion dollar online development business. And I'm not yet, but I affirm that every day. If I have that as an affirmation, that's the creating that future attraction manifestation because you are creating a statement which affirms something to be true yes. as if it were now. Yes. Okay. So, you know, obviously uh, my simple brain is it? So is, this feels like a much better version of fake it until you make it. Yeah, you're probably not going to be surprised I don't buy into the fake. No, no. I get get quite concerned of people's confidence and you're one step away from being destroyed if your only approach is fake it till you make it. Um, That's a real self-help and self-improvement thing. Let me then take take that back. I mean, how I'm taking that is... Or how I've read it, how I've read it, and maybe I, I've I've either read it badly or I've I've read it differently. It's that idea, and it's that like that Tony Robbins idea of you know dress for the job you want, you know start to picture yourself in the in the place you want to be. Yes, and that helps make it come true so it isn't like you know pretend to be a surgeon, <laughs> you know, and, and it's not like catch me if you can type thing. It's more start to, you know, what would a global CEO be reading, be, be, be dressed like, be meeting, be, yeah. be doing those type of things? The, 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 the fake it till you make it in terms of affirmations. If you can think what you're affirming, if you have decided to fake it until you make it, you're affirming that it's not you. Yeah, no, I get that, that point. You can't. You're affirming that that's not genuinely who you are. So you're faking and pretending. If you think of imposter syndromes, exactly, which so many people experience, and that is because of the lack of ownership and personal growth. They went down the road of self-improvement and self-help without actually turning into self-development. 
So they think they're going to get that tap on the shoulder to say, Warren, it's been a good one, but now we found you out. Exactly. Where did you get that badge from, son? You're out of here. Now, I think, no, I, yeah, I, I, my take of it, I think what you said makes sense. I think it's more because it rhymes that people use it. It's, you know, try and dream it up and, and, and it will happen. But also, as you said earlier, like manifest, it does again feel like one of these woo-woo words, but actually making things happen. I mean, that's what we do. That's what work and business is. I mean, why is it such a strange such a strange phenomenon that I have something which 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 delivers an outcome. I mean, if you went into work and said, I have a strategy which will take us from one place and take us to another, no one's going to think that's strange. Everyone's going to want that to happen. But it seems the moment you use words like manifest, everyone starts to, you know, to, to run for the beanbags. Yeah, look, I, I believe in manifestation. I believe in the law of attraction because I, I look at that on a practical basis to say, right, what do I need to do to make it happen? I'll take ownership of it. When I know of others who will either, you know, sell themselves the idea of manifestation and you know, law of attraction without them actually doing anything other than just sending it out to the universe, and um, then that, if that's what they believe in, that's, I understand. But there's also people who will completely rubbish affirmation, manifestation, law of attraction, because they think there's no science behind it or no process to it, and they don't want to get up in the morning hoping that something is just going to occur for them. So it's finding that way of making it specific, of understanding it as a process. And what I'm going to talk you through just now is a scientific process of why affirmations and them being future focused of saying I am so an affirmation of something to be true in advance as if it's now and why that works and the science behind it when you write down for instance I am let's say I am a hugely successful um, house husband with an online business yeah at the moment I've just kind of lost my job and I'm looking after the kids. If I write that down, then I'm affirming that I am, if I write down, I'm a successful, confident, you know, um, husband and father with this great online business, whatever that affirmation is going to be, even though it's not yet. That creates a thing in my mind called gestalt. It stimulates a thing called gestalt which is G-E-S-T-A-L-T. People pronounce it differently. Being Scottish, it's Gestalt. Um, there's Gestalt. There's a whole load of other um, pronunciations, uh, which is why I spell it out. Um, this is a science that was uh, identified and made credible by a German professor in the late 1960s. Uh, and an operational level of understanding to make it really practical Gestalt is a bridge between your conscious and your subconscious mind. So your subconscious mind is nine times the size of your conscious mind. So there's a hell of a lot of stuff that you don't know that you know. And Gestalt is the bridge between the two that connects the two. It's one of the the bridges that connects the two. And its role in life is to help keep you sane. So Gestalt is there to help you make sense of what you see through your conscious mind. So if you look up at the sky and you see a cloud, which technically is a formless piece of gas, and you think that looks like a duck or it looks like a horse's head, that's gestalt at play because consciously in your mind you have seen a formless piece of gas, but you've thought that looks like something. You've sent that across the bridge into your subconscious mind, and the subconscious mind has said, okay, we're here to keep you sane by helping you make sense of what you see in your conscious mind. So we're going to say that that looks like a duck or a horse's head. It's why when you look at a random pattern and you might see a face appear in it, uh, or practically if you meet up with someone who you've known for some time, but they're kind of acting out of character, they're a bit too quiet or they're a bit reserved or they looked a bit anxious, you will say, you will observe that through your conscious mind. You will send it into your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind using gestalt will then, to make sense of this, start saying, well, 
Maybe she's got problems at home. Maybe she's just tired. Maybe she's, this is just a day that she's feeling down. Maybe she's got a lot going on in her mind. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was something else. And you create these scenarios and stories to help attempt make sense of what you've observed in your conscious mind. That's the purpose of Gestalt. That's its function. And at an operational level, it's understanding that's what Gestalt does. It's a very important link between your subconscious and your conscious mind to help you remain sane by making sense of what you observe through your conscious mind. Yeah. At a management level in Gestalt, it's making sure that you develop that gestalt, maintain that gestalt because it's good for your health, because it keeps you sane. So that's things that are very good for helping stimulate and manage a gestalt are things like learning a new language, learning a new subject, visiting new cities or new countries, meeting new people, uh, watching a new thing on the TV or online or doing something new. Because what that does is it's stimulating something through your conscious mind that you don't really understand yet, it sends it to your subconscious mind and gestalt then kicks in because it then says, okay, we're going to make this make sense to you. So some people learn languages by making connections from one language to another and or looking at words as shapes, if they're more visual. There's a whole lot of things that gestalt will do to help fulfill its function, which, to, which is to help you make things make sense. So... Learning is a very important thing for your mental health because it stimulates gestalt. Okay, we good so far? Okay, so we now get to the bit about manifestation and law of attraction and how this ties in with affirmations. Operational level, no gestalt is. Management level, exercise your mind through learning and stimulation to keep gestalt um, healthy. Strategically, how you can manifest through gestalt, you can stimulate that gestalt to create a future thing, is that you use an affirmation, which is a statement which affirms something to be true as if it was now. So by having that statement, I am a happy, healthy, loving husband um, at home who runs a multi-billion dollar online empire. You write that down, and your con- so in your conscious mind, you can see yourself writing it down. That gets sent across to your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind says, Warren, no, you're not. And it rejects it. But you write it down again tomorrow. And you write it with passion. You write it with positivity, you write with personal. You even imagine what that's going to look like. And you send it across to your, your subconscious mind. And it says, Warren, you're still not. And this continues maybe for four or five days. And then you write it down again and you send it across to your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind then says, wait a minute, let's get the gestalt guys in here because Warren needs to be kept sane from what he's putting into his conscious mind. So what gestalt does is it sends over people, places, conversations, opportunities, situations that starts to make your affirmation make sense. And this is even from, so it would pull together past experiences, it would pull together present experiences, and it's going to help pull together what's going to happen later today and tomorrow then. Is that? It starts connecting you with things. So if you've ever, you know, thought of someone who you've not spoken to for a while, then all of a sudden you get a text from them, or you get an email from them or a WhatsApp from them or they or the phone you or something or you then hear about someone else talking about them. And those connections just seem to happen. Or, you know, you you have an affirmation of a fantastic vacation somewhere, and then you see an advert going past in the bus for that, that location. Or you have an affirmation of a particular car or particular house, and then you see some message about, you know, there's someone who you know has done what you really want to do. You know, I can remember writing down being a best-selling author six years before I'd even started writing a book. But once I'd written that affirmation down, I then met some people who'd written books. I'd, I'd met someone whose wife worked in a publishing house. And and all these connections then start, start to happen because what it kicks off in your mind is a thing called sensory acuity. All of these things are happening, but once you've focused your mind using gestalt with the power of affirmations, 
you start to be more acutely aware of these things. So the, the, the obvious example is you have in your mind a particular car, a particular make, a particular colour, then all of a sudden you start to see them. But that's your sensory acuity. The, the important thing about gestalt and affirmations that they have in common, affirmations don't distinguish themselves between positive and negative. They just work on what you give them. Gestalt also doesn't distinguish between positive or negative, good or bad. It will only work in what you feed it with. So if you are sending negative affirmations, the process is the same. It will work on that negative affirmation and make it true. With Gestalt, if you're feeding your subconscious mind with negative things, it will also send people, places, opportunities, situations and conversations to make those negative things true. So that makes a lot of sense. So basically, when you're out there in that conscious world, you can't take in all the information that's out there. You have to have a filter. So your Gestalt then helps you with that filter. So just, I was just thinking of the example you gave about wanting to be an author. You said, that, and you met somebody and, you know, her husband, you know, is a publisher. If an affirmation was something else, let's say you wanted to play um, more tennis, you'd have actually found out that he was a keen tennis player. Do you, I mean, isn't it? It's kind of like that. there was a hundred things you could have found out about this person. But because as you're saying is your Gestalt is looking for these type of patterns out there, it actually finds out that he's a publisher, not a keen tennis player, because that wasn't one of your affirmations. But if that had have been, actually, you'd have never known about his what he did during the day. All you knew was that, fantastic, he's a member of a local tennis club, which is around the corner from you, and he's got a slot available on, on Thursday evenings. Perfect. Okay. So some things to look out for so that we become more aware of what we're feeding in terms of affirmations. If we're in that position where we're saying, I just never finish anything, or oh, I, I never seem to make the right decisions, or I never seem to meet the right people, or I just don't seem to make friends, or I just don't feel at home here, or I just seem, can't seem to make sense of anything. Those are all kind of innocent enough, familiar comments that we'll sometimes hear ourselves saying, certainly hear other people saying. Just understand then what happens next. Yes, I get what you're saying. But the, so that's where then you're feeding the gestalt and you'll just keep finding opportunities to reinforce that self-talk. I mean, that's one of the things I'm taking from this is just the difference between self-talk just feels idle. Affirmation is conscious and meaningful. Well, as you said, it's a statement. It's not yeah, a exactly. comment. It's just not words. It's a statement. It's considered, it's it's structured. Yes. It's it, that's a great word. You know, that that that's where there, a lot of the power really comes from. And and this is not just about saying, you know, positive mental attitude, which is massive, and I'm a big advocate of that. But it's taking ownership for your attitude, it's taking ownership from your thoughts, ownership of what you're putting in there. Because whatever you put in there heads to your subconscious, the gestalt then kicks in. And that will not distinguish between what's really good for you and what's not so good for you. Yes, that's really powerful. I think that understand, yeah, those that like having that internal commentary, but owning this with strong statements, affirmations. That's that's that's. I understand it's serious. It's transformative. I get that. Okay, it's an important starting point. I mean, you talk about writing seven down, and I think that's a good a good one. So. The trick then isn't to have seven good ones, is it? It's just to have seven and then improve them as you get on. But get you know, get some down, whether it's five or, or seven. But don't don't just do one good one. Is that? It? I mean, I'm saying I, that's how I'm taking this. Is from is the advice to get going because you you can start owning this now, and if you start doing this now and you start to see the benefits, then it will it will reinforce and you will keep doing this until you know until you don't, and then you can come back to it. Yeah, but is it to do seven bad ones versus one good one? What's your what? How to, how do I get started with this? With, with this, you know, now go with your first seven. Just go with your first seven, even if one of the Just, affirmations is "I have seven 
personal, present, positive, passionate, persistent, powerful, you know, <laughs> affirmations. You know, let get your first seven. It's your best first attempt. And no matter how good they are, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to want to upgrade some of them and you'll do that with more confidence. What also is going to happen is that you're going to be able to tick some of those off. You know, put some up there that's about the house, the car, the money, the the vacation, the you know, the salary, the the income, the savings, the fitted kitchen if you need to. The first thing is to practice. Yes. And then you're going to get better at it and better at it. I love that. So if we do this really well, maybe you'll have riches, maybe you'll have happiness, maybe you'll have loving relationships, but one thing you'll definitely have is fitted cupboards. You will definitely have a place. <laughs> you will definitely have a built-in hob. You do this properly. This is the, now you're cooking with gas. Uh, this is good. This is strong. I think this is a million miles away from woo woo, and I think this is really strong and powerful. It makes lots of sense and fits in with so much of the other stuff. That being that consciously aware and the statement, yeah, that yeah, being consciously aware, making statements, helping to silence that that commentary and whispering. And then I love how it works with the science as well, of the gestalt and the sensory acuity. Cool. I like it. I am now going to go away and write down seven statements. And I promise you, one of them will be a better kitchen. Thanks, Stephen. This is good. I told you it'd be a surprise. It's good. What I did take out of it is this conscious effort to control the self-talk. You know, all those different things that we say to ourselves, sometimes not the kindest of things, and all those things that the rest of the world says to us, again, sometimes not the kindest of things. This affirmations is a strong, superior way of talking to yourself. Statements of truth and repeating them. That was good. Need to do more of it. It is a practice. Put it on my list of things that I must do, I should do. You know, I'm trying to motivate myself so this is a part of my day and not a task. And motivating myself to see that this is a this is an important developmental part. Hopefully see it as something which is going to make me better. Something to introduce to the kids as well. I think part of journaling. Anyway. And find a big pad of paper, start writing them out. Hope you do too. Talk to you next time.